Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm your host, I'm Fergus. I'm joined by the boys today. We're going to talk about quite a lot. We've got pre-season in the USA, uh, which is all done. The Emirates Cup, which is coming up. Uh, the We Care Do You campaign, Edu, transfer news, and much, much more. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of our pre-season, pre-season number three. It's uh, it's it's week three of the pre-season. Uh, I'm joined by Dan again. God, you're making a regular appearance, Dan, at, the, at this. Oh, at no. this oh, no. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be invited back, mate, to be fair, sir. So. <laughs> um, also joined by Scunny. Mike, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. All yeah. is well. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you sober? Yeah, I'm always yeah. sober. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Trev, what about you? Uh, I've had a couple, Fergus. I've had a couple, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hold it together quite nicely, hopefully. Hello, lads. All right. Hello, Trev. How you doing, mate? You have the excuse that it's two, years, uh, it's two hours uh, later in the evening, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Well, I, I know you've had hot weather out there, but fuck me, in the UK at the minute, it is sweltering. I was on the tubes in London yesterday, uh, and that was the cooler of the days. Tomorrow's meant to be even hotter. Um, it was 34 degrees or something like that, and on, on the centre line, it was something like 45 degrees. Unfucking bearable Made me drink loads of beer, but, uh, you know, I had to keep hydrated. <laughs> I'm sure that was hard for you, mate. It was. It was really difficult, but I soldiered through. Uh, I'm I'm sitting here in in my office and um, uh, I've had the windows open. So if you hear some stuff from out the window, tough shit. I'm fucking I'm dripping right now. Um, boys, we have a few things to go through. We're going to look at uh, the preseason. We're going to look at some of the players that have featured in the uh, preseason. Um, the We Care to You podcast and the actions and and what's happening with that, um, and some other bits and pieces about you know. Edu and Unai and some of the transfer stuff. So there's quite a bit to crack on with. Uh, we, we'll get started, shall we? Um, pre-season. I haven't watched a game in pre-season. And I know the Barnet game is on tonight, our traditional uh, season uh, pre-season opener of, of years gone back. Um, uh, Barnet's on tonight at the... Um, is it still called the Underhill? I think it is. Unless they've renamed no, it with no. some sponsorship. It's the Hive now, mate. The Hive. It is the hive. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, uh, that's why I was questioning: is it still called the the the, um, the Underhill? But yeah, we're there tonight. But uh, Trev, how much of the preseason did you watch? Because you've obviously got time differences and added bits as well. Have you watched much of it? Do you know what, Fergus? For the first time in my life, I've not watched every minute of every preseason game. I watched all of the game against uh, Fiorentina. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a shame, but that's about it. Yeah, we've had a hundred percent record. Um, Mike and and Dan, how have you got on with games? Like, I know we played Bayern Munich, Fiorentina, which I was corrected by uh, Johnny last week. Um, uh, Fiorentina, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, uh, Colorado, and I think that was that was the four. That wasn't that the four of them. Hundred percent. You were scunny. Hundred percent, right? Oh, actually, well, in in full ninety minutes, it was a two-two draw against Real Madrid, wasn't it? It was. So we did. We lose lost on again. Panos. Yeah, yeah. God, your mic is really loud. I don't know why. Hang on. Oh yeah, he sounded more and more deep and more David Seaman sounding. Sounds aren't you? like Barry White. Well, I was going to go for. <laughs> he is northern. <laughs> He is, yeah, he's north of Watford. So. But um, Mike, you watched you watched quite a bit of the preseason, didn't you? Nope. All oh, right, okay. It's Big Steve who uh, has watched it all. Yeah, he's sat up till he's been a legend. Dan, right, okay. Am I gonna just fucking move on from preseason? Have you watched any of it? I have, mate. Yeah, I have watched some. Thank pre-season. fuck for that. <laughs> I was gonna say, blimey. Um, no, well, I have the rest watched. Of us it. Let the side down. <laughs> um. I was quite impressed in terms of us going forward. Um, I was not impressed in terms of us at the back again. Uh, it just seems, every time I seem to watch Mustafi, he just seems to get worse. 
I don't really understand. We were saying last week, could he be a good defender? Could he not? Nah, he really can't. I can't see that the guy's doing anything right, if I'm honest. Um, if I was to take any positives from it, um, we'll go into some individual players later, but there has been some individuals that have impressed me, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I was quite impressed with what I saw against Bayern Munich and Real Madrid going forward. Um, and again, Aubameyang and Lacazette against Real Madrid, that was that was good to watch. Great cut of goals. I mean, I know the Lacazette one was a penalty, but the, the build-up to that was, was really good. Um, I have I have read what you said about um, uh, Mustafi. Mustafi was, was dog shit for every game, I think. I don't know if he played in the last game or not, but uh, I, I do know he made some fundamental errors and worse than he has been in the league. And that's against, in, in, in some cases, much lesser sides. Absolutely. I, I've decided that when it comes to Mustafi and his mistakes, it's not just the mistakes that annoy me. It's his attitude after he makes one. He looks around, he's pointing the finger, he, he's looking for anybody to blame but himself. Um, and I think that's what frustrates him more than anything, to be honest with you. And, you know, last week we were talking about, oh, we're going to have to keep him now because of what's happening with Koscielny. Do you know what? I don't even know if we have to now because I think I'd rather play Mavropanos, Holding, Chambers, Medley, Socrates ahead of Mustafi now. He's got to be like sixth or seventh choice now, surely. Mm. Trev, you stick your hand up to say something? Yeah, just, just agreeing with Dan, really. I mean... I'm, I, the one pre-season game I watched against Fiorentina, even the commentators were just on at Mustafi, weren't they? If, if you heard it, Dan, I don't know if you heard it. It was awful. Yeah, it was dreadful, but, wasn't it? But the trouble with the lad, mate. He said he said he he said he was the worst defender that's ever played in the Emirates Stadium. Well, that's a big statement because, as, as you know, I'm getting on a bit, and I've seen some some some, some rabble there in my time, but. You know, Mustafi's up there, and 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 carrying on from what Dan just said, he don't learn from his mistakes. He don't. He, do, he keeps making the same mistake over and over again. There's a song in there somewhere, over and over and over again. But with Jesus at Paddy, I sang it so well. I, I think, think I'll get up, up and I'll, I'll sing, sing it again. <laughs> yeah, Mustafi's got on his ass again. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not learning. Pretty good. Your mic's better. And he does blame others. And Dan's got a point. I mean, if you play, if you play the likes of Chambers and Medley, if they make a mistake, you can sort of live with that as long as they learn from it. Because they're young lads. They're they're coming into the team. But this 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 boy Mustafi, he's had his chance now, and he, he's he's not he's not playing he's not very good, you know, thirty odd millions worth of uh, not very good. Yeah, thirty five. I, I would. Yeah. I think I would actually. Five million. Someone must have been fucking howling when they sold him to us. Yeah, but. I agree, hundred percent. I agree. Uh, somebody must have ha- ha- be having a laugh, but players are overinflated. If you look like what we said on um, the podcast with uh, Dan from the the, the Gazette and uh, Joanne, that you know, ten years ago, eighty million got you Ronaldo. Um, nowadays, uh, eighty million won't even get you Harry Maguire. So you know, it, it's just gone fucking stupid. So. I personally look at the, some of the centre-offs. I'll, I'll go back to what you said, Fergus, there, about oh, they were saying that Mustafi's one of the worst that they've seen at the Emirates. I, I'm trying to think in my head who I've seen that is... I can probably think of a few that are as bad. I don't think there's any that are any like worse than him, really. I mean, and I'm, we've had some shockers. We're talking about like Skilacci, Skilacci, yeah, Silvestri, Senderos, Sigan, yeah. Silvestra. Like, how bad... Uh, as it got I mean even going about the hybrid we had Stepanov some people like that I think oh, this guy's right up there with him lot you know, you know the, sh- the shame is with, with him is like we've said in previous podcasts potentially at the start he looked like he could have been the real deal and he's just I don't know what the fuck's happened to him I really don't know what the fuck's happened to him. See, I still don't agree with that. I've not, I didn't see that, Fergus. I know you said you did, and you yeah. and Johnny were saying you did, but I just never saw it personally. I don't know if Scunny agrees, but I was, I was a bit. I've never really seen it. Scunny's definitely going to agree with you. I can guarantee <laughs> you that. <then. laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah, no, I won't yeah. get started. Yeah, we listen. I've said we don't. Enough. We we done ten minutes on Mustafi the last time. It just seems he just seems to take up so much time and criticism of players. Well, it's either him or Urzel, so. Take your pick. Uh, we'll we'll touch on Erzul in a minute, actually. But the one player that uh, a lot of plaudits were talking about was young Eddie Nketiah. 
Um, Eddie scored a wonder goal, didn't he? And again, I've not seen it, uh, but it was was that the goal against? Uh, not in the last game, so Real Madrid. Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, against Bayern Munich, he scored a wonder goal. And lots of people saying, like, you know, oh, yeah, he's got to come in. And Unai Emery himself has also said that um, he's going to replace Danny Welbeck. So he's going to be number three striker in in, in, in the squad. Uh, do you guys agree with it? Did you see the goal? Did, what, do you, what do you make of his pre-season and his future at Arsenal Football Club? I'm not sure that he's a Welbeck replacement. I don't think he's a similar player to Welbeck. I think that he's... Danny Welbeck's work rate, you couldn't knock it. You know, he might not have been the most clinical finisher in the world. He might not have got your fifteen to thirty goals a season, but for me he was a he was a, a work a workhorse. Um Eddie and Ketia for me looks like more of a finisher, like uh, uh Ian Wright, sort of Jermaine Defoe Fox in a box style striker. And if he's half as good as either of those, I'd be really happy. Um I like his finishing, I like that what he does for the team, I like that the fact that he seems to always be in the right place at the right time. Um and yeah, I think he's got he's got potential. This lad, and let's be honest, he's he's going to be third choice behind Aubameyang, Lacazette, without a doubt. So I'd use him as opposed to going and finding another Danny Welbeck and spending another twenty million or something. Personally, Trevor, um, you have shared on Twitter as well uh, um, as I did on on our internal group the stats of uh, in, was it Inketia versus. Um, Theo Walcott. Uh, who was it with versus Theo Walcott? No, no. Zaha. Zaha. Walcott, no, no, that's Zaha. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, See, okay, I, we'll 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 go on I, to that one. I afterwards. can on. I can pick up on on um, the Enketia thing. Um, I I didn't think about it until until I read what 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 Emery had had said, and then I thought, yeah, actually, Emery's got a point here. He's is not a replacement for Welbeck. Not a replacement, as in style of play and 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 uh, what he might do, but when it comes to game time, I mean, Welbeck didn't get a lot of game time. He got a bit, but he didn't get overly a lot, did he? And I'm just thinking, yeah, if if, if Welbeck's gone, so Inketia picks up that game time, the game time that Welbeck was getting, it's a nice little development move, isn't it? I, I'm a bit like Dan. I think he's, he's if he's going to be a first team player regularly, he's going to be a finisher. He's going to be a centre of the box finisher, but who knows how he's going to develop? And uh, let's hope for the best, eh? But yeah, I like it. I like the thought of that. I have to agree that when Unai said he was a replacement for Welbeck, I, I looked at it in very much the same light as what you did there, Trev. Is that he would be number three in the pecking order, not necessarily a similar style player. Yeah, agree. Yeah, Mike, anything to add on it? Uh, no, the the only thing that I've noticed, well, that, what I've read more than noticed, is that he has uh, he's got a lot of strength in him for such a small lad. A lot of people are commenting on that. He's holding his strength up really well, and I, I think that's the only thing I've really noticed about other than what you guys have already just said. And and we were talking about Eddie only what a couple of weeks ago when we first came back uh, from the summer break, uh, saying that one of the things he probably needed to do was bulk up a bit. Maybe he maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's you know one of these small strong bastards. Possibly, possibly. So on the on the back of uh, the preseason, um, what pl- Arsenal players do you think we need to watch this season? Um, it looks like we're going to concentrate an awful lot more on youth. Uh, yes, we have got um, Celeberos or Calaberos. Uh, possibly he's apparently in London today for a medical uh, on a, a, a year-long loan. Uh, there's, there's Nelson, Zaha, Tierney, Saliba, all, 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 all these sort of other names. But from what we already have at the minute, who are you going to be watching? Mike, who are you going to be watching first? Willock. I hope he gets his game time. And... For what player in last season's eleven main starting eleven would you say Willock would replace? Well, Willock to me is more of an attacking midfielder. Every time I've seen him in that position, uh, even last season when he played there against Blackpool in the cup, he played really well and he scored a couple of goals out of it as well. So I'd like to see him in that attacking midfield role. Uh, I know his chances in that role are probably going to be few and far between with Calaveros and oh, fucking Özil. But fingers crossed, he can push his way into that team. And the, there is the Europa League as well, so he yeah, yeah there is cup games there. and Europa League. So 
hopefully, fingers crossed, I think he'll be able... If anyone's going to push his way in, I think, more than anyone, I think it's going to be him. Okay. Uh, Trevor? Yeah, well, I want to see a bit more of this Saka lad. I, I watched him a couple of times last season. Excites me greatly. Excites me greatly. And to, I, I think to see a bit more of this Saka lad and a couple of the other youngsters, I'm not sure that I want to see us by Zaha. I know I'm in a minority and I know Zaha's a good player, but I see Zaha as a blocker to our youngsters coming through. If you told me now we're going to go out and spend 60 million on a big, horrible bastard centre half tomorrow, I wouldn't have a complaint. I wouldn't have a moan. But I just, I, I, I actually like the way Zaha plays the game. I've seen him play loads for Palace, have we all have? Like his style. I think he'd be perfect for us. But he's, he's going to block the youngsters, though. And we've I, got I, that I many youngsters, Fergus, you know? You know, these good young lads, uh, you know. Well, I mean, it, it means. Uh, a Wobie would probably be either uh, pushed into a number 10 role uh, but a backup number 10 uh, he, he won't be on the wing uh, it could mean and we'll touch on it about Nelson Nelson could have to go on loan to accommodate maybe a Wobie and Zaha so there is implications in bringing in ready-made established Premier League players I'm, I'm with Trev on this one, though. Uh, I think if if we're going to spend that amount of money on someone, we need a big, horrible bastard in defence. We don't mm. need someone like Zaha. As we Trev do need said. a winger. We do, yeah. Well, we've Nelson's back this year. He can play on the wing. We know we've got Iwobi, and and everybody fucking criticises him to the hilt. Well. People criticise. It's Arsenal, mate. It's Arsenal fans are criticising. No, everyone I, know, I, I know, but one but minute, listen, one minute you're the hero, next minute you're the villain. So I don't think it really matters. But I think with other with other people that we've been linked to, as well as Zaha, with uh, is it Everton Suarez? I can't. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name. But there's, you know, what I mean, there's another winger in in there. Yeah. If we, and he's a yeah. lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So that- I just think spending eighty million on. Zaha, I think that's ridiculous. We need eighty million spent on a defense. I don't think I don't think it'll be eighty million. Dan, you posed this question to me. Um, so, what player did you see and 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 want to watch in in the season? And we'll come back to you, Trev, after that. My just quickly touching on that, I totally agree with what Trev says. I would like Zaha one hundred percent, but if we're going to spend that much money, then yeah, I would prefer it to be on a centre back one hundred percent. Moving on to who I was impressed with and who I'm excited to see, I thought I was going to be saying Reese Nelson. I'm not going to lie, I haven't really seen, I haven't really been too optimistic about his pre-season, if I'm honest with you. I don't know what it's been, I don't know, maybe I was expecting too much from the lad, but um, some of his player ratings have been pretty bang average, fives and sixes. Uh, hasn't really got on the ball as much as I'd like to have seen. Um, so I was a little bit pessimistic as about his pre-season so far. The one that I do like, and I agree with the lads that we've we've spoken about already, but the one that I will say, and I have been quite impressed with when I have watched him, is Martinelli. Um, this lad, it sounds stupid when I give this example, because he did actually miss the chance I'm going to talk about. But it was just showed that little bit of... Uh, of skill, a little bit of technique that he, he's clearly got in his locker. Um, you can tell that he has got something about him. He's got flair, creativity. Um, against Bayern Munich, he'd gone through a couple of players, nutmegged a couple, gone straight through. Unfortunately, just went wide of the post. And I'm talking a Nats whisker of the post. Um, it was actually a, a, quite a good kind of effort, to be fair, considering what he'd, he'd come from. It was pretty much is the halfway line, to be fair, that he'd gone past a couple of defenders. So he looks like he's got something about him. I don't know how old he is. I think he's only 17 or 18, isn't he's he? He's 18. What is his actual position then, Dan? Well, from what... They were kind of playing him as more of a false nine, I think, Unai Emery, and I think that was actually to kind of give... Uh, one, to give him a go up front, but obviously, for whatever reason, he wanted to kind of rest Aubameyang and Lacazette till the later stages. Um, and he was playing in Ketia kind of uh, first half, Martinelli the second. Most of the stuff that did look good for his position-wise did come from the left-hand side. Um, so he was cutting in on his right foot. Um, he looked fairly two-footed, to be fair. Um, when I read up about him when he first signed, they were saying that he's only got one foot. I didn't think it looked like that personally, which is obviously a good thing. Um, however, from what I saw of him, a lot of the stuff was coming from the kind of left-hand side, cutting in on his right, 
Um, yeah, you say we need a winger. I'm with Trev. I think, you know, Saka, Martinelli, if Nelson can pick up the kind of form that he did when he first came to Hoffenheim, maybe we've got wingers there that are are hidden. I don't know. But these are all 18-year-old. How are they going to be when they come up against, like, fucking big old bastards from Burnley? You say that, but are they going to give more... Go on, Trev. Listen in, Fergus. Fucking, what's it? Fabregas was only seventeen when he was better than Roy Keane, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's. If you're good enough, you're old enough, yeah. If you're good enough, you're, um, Dan's excited me about this Martinelli character now because I've not seen him, but I've I've heard some stuff as you do on social media, and Dan's backing mm. up nicely. So maybe we've found a little star, right? Eh? Let's hope for the best. We and paid five or six million for Gunduzi, and he did all right. I know Fergus ain't a hundred percent set on him, but I think he looks like potential. If this Martinelli kid can come in as well, obviously, you know, he must have something about him in terms of Edu looking at him. I, I think we've we may have found something there, but it's still early days, really early days. On, on Gwendozi, I I'm fine with him, but I just find he needs to worry about his own game rather than worrying about hassling the ref and losing the ball but I do think his work rate and everything else and his heart is fantastic but we're not talking about about him so much um, we're talking about what we've seen in pre-season and if you look at um, Martinelli the influence then has has is that he was an edu finder a find I believe so do you think this is where we're going to try edu is going to be our new David Dean stroke Wenger? Potentially. I mean, uh, I'm excited by this. I must admit, I'm excited by this Edu thing. Um, <laughs> I think most Arsenal fans are just for the fact that he was part of the Invincibles, really, isn't it, more than anything? Um, yeah, I think that's got a big influence. because it, 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 it. And we'll talk about his interview in a few minutes. We're not going to talk about it just, just Absolutely. yet. Absolutely. But, but yeah. you're right. I, I think that, that he could be that. He could be that man. And... Uh, the good thing is he knows the club, and I think that's so important. And we have got a few players, uh, sorry, ex-players now that have come in. Obviously, Freddie Lundberg, we've still got Mertesacker with the, with the youngsters, and we've got um, Edu. They all do love Arsenal, and, and they know Arsenal, and I think that's important. Which is what Liverpool and United have done in the past, you know, and, and, and other clubs have done in the past, brought in their, their old you know, diehards. Okay, Edu wasn't necessarily a diehard. He was only there for four years, but he wasn't invincible. He was a utilitarian player. Unfortunate, I think, in his first season uh, to get injured, and I think his first goal was an own goal for Arsenal. So, you know, he, he's had some experience, but he, he fought through um, to to become a fan's, fan's favourite. Yeah, I'd say he was underrated, actually. I think if you look at Vieira and Gilberto... I, I mean, think that's... You know what? Because Gilberto was there... Mm. that overshadowed him. I think so. I mean, let, let's talk about underrated players. That's one right there, Gilberto Silva. But um, I think in terms of Yadedu and Ray Parlow as backup in the centre midfield there, you've got to have more respect for him than anything. That He, he stuck by us. He went through the couple of seasons he had with us. Was it two or three seasons he had? And and everyone respected it when he said he wanted to go. And um, yeah, I, I was a massive fan of Edu actually. I really was. He'd done four seasons, but the first season he got injured very early on. Okay. Um, there's two other players I want to talk about uh, with uh, pre-season, unless anybody else has got anything they want to say before we move on to the next bit. Trev, you stuck your hand up a minute ago. Have, have you done your bit? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm gonna. I've got, I've got some thoughts on Edu, but I'll wait till we move on to uh, talk about him specifically, Fergus. Okay, okay, no worries. Um, Leno's number two, Martinez. Is he the man, Mike? Oh. You didn't. You haven't seen that much, I'm have still, you? Uh, the, I haven't seen any of the games now, but um, I'm I, read- I, I've had a I'm- bit of a stick and of a couple of people already saying because I've 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 said already and I'll say it still now and I'll still stand by it. I don't think he is ready, and I I think maybe we should be looking for a different number two. Uh, my judgment is still out on him at the moment. Uh, it's only pre-season. For for me, in time, I hope he proves me wrong and. I've said it before, and I've said it about other players um, on the podcast before. I really hope some of them do prove me wrong. Okay, um, I, what I've read and not seen, and Dan or Trev, if you if you have comments, you can uh, correct or confirm. Uh, people are saying his control with his feet is he's better than Leno, uh, and he's better than any other keeper that we've had. Uh, 
like so far in preseason and last season with his con- his control and distribution for from his feet. Anybody else heard anything or seen anything different? Yeah, I actually said that, Fergus. I said that I thought he looked really good and calm on the ball with his feet. Um, I've I've only seen him in that one game in preseason, but from what I've seen him in in previous years. I think he's worth a shot. You know, he's 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 going to do all right. He's he's not going to be any worse, I don't think, than than some of the keepers we've had in the past. I'm not going to run through the names. We all know who they are. So yeah, I I, I personally think he could be better than Peter Cech. Not 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 as a worldwide keeper, but as the Peter Cech we had last season. Yeah, look, Cech's a legend. We all know that. Right? We've got to admit it. Unfortunately, he was a Chelsea legend. He never he weren't an Arsenal legend. But he was a cracking goalkeeper. We got him at the end of his career when his days were like, when his days were, were his best days were gone, really. Um, but he, he filled a gap, and uh, let's, Martinez will be a, a good. I, I'm hoping he'll be a good number two, and uh, who knows? He he may surprise us all and even pressure Leno. You know, Len, Leno yeah. had a good season last year, didn't he? You know what I mean? But we we were all hearing the rumours when he came about. He was suspect to make the odd balls up when he you know hopefully that's in his past and that's gone i don't want to see him do that don't get me wrong i don't want to see him do that i didn't i didn't see him i didn't see him make one really did you no he didn't no he was as good as gold last season in all in all fairness with leno is and i said it all last season he was only as a kill kill a goalkeeper is only as good as a defense and our defense was fucking shocking so there's that's leno's issue there and the amount of stick that keeper got was unbelievable Listen. Dan, you said two bad games. What what two bad games? If I'm honest with you, I thought he was probably one of our most consistent performers last season and, and Scunny's put, you know, the defence issues in which I totally agree with. Uh two bad games, Wolves away and Southampton away. I thought there was a couple of crosses. I was like, Oh dear, what the hell is he doing there? But I'll give him his due. I thought consistency wise, I thought he was pretty bang on for the rest of the games. So um yeah, maybe I'm being a bit harsh there. But I mean the Wolves away game was horrendous defending, um, like Scunny's just said, and Southampton away, oh, I'm not really I, sure what was happening there. I, I think, think it's it was a, was it three crosses? Yeah, I think it's or, our head Mustafi. Yeah. <laughs> I was at both of again. them games, Dan. I was at both of them games, but I was it. Fortunately, I was shit-faced, so I can't remember a lot of that. <laughs> you only uh, need to say one word now, guys. It's just Mustafi. You see, sorry, Fergus, sorry, sorry, sorry. While we're talking about Leno, what we've got to remember is, right, and, and I don't know if you boys agree, but I was right, stood right behind the goal at Wembley when he made that save at Wembley, that double save at Wembley, Leno, oh, and that was one of the greatest saves I've ever seen in my life. Outstanding. Yeah, against Tottenham. I've never seen better. Outstanding. Mm. Yeah. Probably save of the season, I would say. Well, obviously it's a double save, but uh, unbelievable, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And, I, and listen, I'm, I'm a massive fan of his. Don't get me wrong; I'd, I'd 100% keep him as number one. I'm not sure about Martinez. Um, I've got I've I'm got honest. friends who um, uh, through work because my my main office is down Farnborough, so uh, there's a lot of Reading and Basingstoke and Farnborough sort of um, people, and, and Reading being the bigger team. Martinez spent uh, last season at Reading and they were really hoping to keep him because they thought he was really good. He started off a little bit suspect but became good and they they were very, very impressed with him. He only spent half the season. I made that mistake. I thought he was there. Oh, it was only half season, the season. Yeah, well, I know. But all I, I did know is he started off a little bit suspect and um, he then became extremely consistent and they were very impressed. At, uh, initially, they didn't want him. Uh, and uh, then once he... he, he uh, you know what? I think it's like any player. If a player gets a run of games, we talk about a Wobi, we talk about... Just pick any player. Once they get a run of games, they they type of settle in. And and, and some players are good at Solskjaer, for example, was like a super sub for for United. He can come in and halfway through a game he was fine. It, some players are suited to that, and other players need to be, you know, playing every every week, week in, week out. Uh, one player that uh, lathe in uh, on football London. Um, put an article up, up just this evening about was he thinks that um, Unai Emery may have found the way uh, to get the best out of Mesut Ozil. Anybody read the article? Oh, excuse me, I can't talk. I'm yawning. No, <laughs> I, I, I haven't read it. But is it is it worth uh, a read, Fergus, or is it just what we've heard he before? He just says that uh, the formation that Unai will be employing is a back four for the season. 
um, and abandoning, uh, not having two up front, having one up front, and going going for oh. a four-two-three-one. We we said this last season that that's his favourite preferred um, formation uh, that he, he's played throughout his career. But with Arsenal, he's, he was mostly playing five at the back, and I think during pre-season he's mostly played five okay. at the back. I, I just I just saw the article before we came on to recording, and and I thought I'd, I'd drop it in there. So um, if if we play four at the back, then Ozil don't play. Okay. But in my opinion, you go four four two with Lacquer and Nobber up front, and then you get. You know, two wide men in and play Torreira and somebody else. I don't want to say Chaka because I don't really like him, but it probably will be. And then if you go forward at the back, that's fine. If you're going to play the three at the back, then Ozil will slot in they, behind. They the were talking about having it. four at the back, then having Chaka, Torreira uh, as the two, the three being Ozil, um, probably Aubameyang and maybe Awobi or Cabra, uh, what's his name? Ka- uh, Calabaras or whatever his, uh, his name is and Lacazette up top oh god who knows we're not we're not the manager who knows uh, well any, anyway in hindsight the only person who can get the best out of Ozil is Ozil and he showed us what his best was last year uh, and the year before and the year before that right okay we're not dragging this down any further because um, you know what we care do you <laughs> We had a podcast, myself and Trevor uh, had um, uh, Joanne Tester from one of the Arsenal Supporters Trust and she also writes for She War and we were joined by uh, Dan Mountaney from the uh, Islington Gazette. Um, that, I find that really hard to say, Islington and Gazette together. I, uh, it's just... Uh, because you're Irish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, 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 we had Dan and, and Joanne on. And uh, Trev, what did you... Actually, it's probably better. Dan and Mike, what did you think of the uh, the 45 and a podca- podcast and the subsequent stuff that's gone on since? Scanny, I'll let you go first, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Uh, oh... oh. I, I enjoyed the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's it. with a beer. It's fucking hot. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I won't bother. That's Rude why you need bottles, Fergus. Go on, sorry. No, I thought it was on mute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, now you go on mute. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the podcast. Um, I'll, obviously, I, I think the can't say too much at the minute because I don't really know a lot at the minute but I in- I'm interested to see where it goes I am a bit I would say pessimistic about it I'm a bit I'll, I'm one of them ones that I, it's like yes it's good that someone's doing something but I'm going to stay on that that level and see how far it goes before say you know I mean uh, I think when it tread the water per se rather than jump two feet into it and get fully behind it I, I mentioned last week as well that I did sign the petition as well Good. We've over a hundred thousand on there. Dan, what did you make of it? I've got no more beer to open, by the way. <laughs> uh, mate, I really enjoyed it. I did, and I thought you and Trev were very professional, which was good. Um, not as quite as um, professional as you are with us, obviously. Um, no, in all seriousness, it was good, and um, I was really impressed. Was it Joanne yeah. or Joanna? I was quite impressed with her. Um, I thought she was really, really good, really enthusiastic, really understood what the fans. Uh, she seemed to know what the fans wanted, in my opinion, and it was just quite refreshing. Um, and I liked what Trev was touching on in terms of trying to get out of the stadium. I liked what her input was on that. I appreciated um, the fact that she's trying to do something about it and she was enthusiastic about it. Uh, and it just seems to me like it... I felt quite confident it wasn't just going to stop there and that was going to be it. You know, she's going to try and, and, and keep going and, and get involved as much as she can and try and persuade everyone else to join her. I, I thought it was a great podcast. Indeed. Really enjoyed Trev, it. we didn't chat about it since. Uh... No, we didn't, did we, mate? No. Well, it, it it was an enjoyable podcast to do, in fairness, and uh, she spoke ever so well, didn't she? And, and she obviously knows her stuff. And she's obviously got the Arsenal and the Arsenal fans at heart, which was lovely. Um, and the, the the initial letter obviously had a bit of an impact because the following day, Josh Cronkey puts out a statement. Now, my personal view is that there's no way that statement would have come 
without without that without the initial actions from the We Care group. Um, it was interesting to to read what Josh said. I really think it was just thinking. Is my view is that it was a bit of bullshit to baffle Brent, if I'm honest, because he he, he in a roundabout way he said we're going to stick with the old fashioned Arsenal way. We're not going to spend any money. Um, well, we're not going to spend loads and loads of money. We're not going to chuck loads of money at it. We might buy one or two players. But it, it was more than we've had from the Cronkies. It was a start, you know. Um, I know there's a meeting this week of that action group. And Tomorrow. Uh, hopefully they'll, they'll, yeah, and hopefully they'll come back to us again and there'll be a response to what Josh Cronkie has said. And it's also important to listen to what Edu has said this week as well. Because uh, uh, we're, we're going to move we're, on to Edu, are we, in, Fergus? In, in, a, in a minute, uh, I just want to hear what you think about that because yeah. I've got a couple of things I'd like to say about that, and then we'll do Edu. Yeah, it was it was it was a statement from Cronky. It was more than we've had before. It was nice to listen to. He, I, I think he basically said that he speaks for his dad now. Um, I, my, I'm hoping that his attitude is, I've got to show my dad that I can be a success with something. And he's decided to make Arsenal that that success. That's what I'm hoping. As I say, mm. be interested to see what the action group says at the meeting tomorrow and what they go back to Cronky with. Yeah, I'm, I'm all ears and all eyes, mate. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to hopefully doing something again with uh, Joanna and um, uh, maybe other people from the organisation or from with Dan from the Gazette again. Um, once the um, it's a question and answer thing that's on tomorrow evening, I think with the club and the Arsenal Supporters Trust and, and a select group. So hopefully we'll get some answers. See what the action goes on. I was uh, really. I, I, some people like there was a Twitter campaign we care to you on um, on Saturday on, uh, on on Twitter and there was thousands and thousands of people just putting their two second three second clips on I put my one up from Essex Gunner um, uh, and you know my, my brother rang me up on Monday being a Man United fan he went just to let you know I don't I said what do you mean he said I don't care you fucking broke my Twitter <laughs> but um, what I what, what what I did like was um, Joanne uh, we asked the question about um, what can uh, like we got 60,000 in the stadium and you know the we can do what we can do. We can stand protest, do whatever you want, not drink beers or all sing and not leave early and you, whatever the, the various things were. And I said, well, well what, what can the fans who don't go because they're overseas or whatever do? And she said, you have to remember also, not only them, there's, there's like fans for seven to ten years who've chosen not to go for various reasons. So I would like that that was acknowledged. Um, I like the fact that um, there was some responsibility put back on us as um, supporters, be it match-going supporters, podcast-listening supporters, social media supporters, whatever type of supporter you are, you have a responsibility as well to support your team and, 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 and engage with the team. I like the fact that the, the, the whole thing wasn't just a, a cronky out motion or because the divisiveness of just that sort of crunky out or Wenger in Wenger out sort of stuff that we had before it doesn't work listen I'm not a big crunky fan uh, and I'm a little bit more enamoured with uh, with uh, Josh than I am with Stan well nobody knows what Stan's about Um, Josh at least engaged with us which is a brownie point from my point of view whether how genuine he is or not I don't know Uh, but it was the whole thing that this fan group and which is made up of 16 to 20 blogs and podcasts and uh, websites and just just organisations which are uh, involved with the fans of Arsenal Football Club want to have an open dialogue and create a channel so they can speak <coughs> speak to the Cronky family and the board that are in Arsenal Football Club to tell them what we want as fans, not what a tourist wants as fans, not what... Sky Sports want what we want as fans. Trev, did you have anything to add on the end of that before we move on? Yeah, just just picking up, Fergus. It's uh, it's. I think I, th- I think there's an acceptance now, isn't there? 
that that the Cronkies are going nowhere. It's not. There's no point in in in, uh, in getting upset with the Cronkies and trying to get rid of them because they're not going to go for now. They're here, they're, they're here and we're stuck with them for now. Yeah, for now. So I, I like the approach in that they've, 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 they, as you just said, they're not saying Cronky out. They're saying, come on, Cronky, be a bit more open, be a bit more visual. Tell us more about what goes on in the club. And um, something else that was mentioned this week as well, not just the Cronkies, but the Arsenal board itself now is a very old board. You know, uh, Chips, Sir, Sir Chips Keswick and uh, Ken Fryer and, and the other gentleman. They're all in their 70s and 80s, mm. you know, and uh, I, I don't know if that helps. They're Arsenal men through and through. Uh, well, uh, Chip, Ken Fryer's an Arsenal Chips man isn't. through and through. Chips. Chips isn't. Chips prefers his horse racing, doesn't he? Mm. But Ken Fryer's an Arsenal man through and through. We know that, but is it, is it the, 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 the dynamics need to... We're changing the dynamics further down the line, but do they also need to change up there? Do the Cronkies need to think, hang on a minute, we need to get a little bit more forward thinking at the ballroom level as well? Okay, so next on the agenda, you've tried to touch on it a couple of times and we've almost fallen into it, was um, Edu. Edu's been made the technical director, I think is his official title, um, and he had an interview... Director of football. I thought he was technical. Is he director of football? I thought he was technical director. I swear it's t- uh, okay. Well, football. it's one of one of the two, but he had either that or they're both the same. <laughs> it, That's what I was going to say. What yeah, well, we, you, what, know, what, you know, <laughs> very. What's little. the difference? So he had an interview on Arsenal Media, and he kept on going, "I am back home." He's had two titles, three FA Cups, uh, the first Brazilian to win the league, uh, the Premier League. Um, he's a player with character. He's an invincible. Um, and he's a talent. Um, and he did say, uh, even though talent is important to get to where we, a player gets to in um, in their career, talent is not enough. You need to do hard work. And you can almost link that in with Unai Emery's statement about you know next season that he wants to have uh, players who want to play for the club, which was a dig at. Koscielny, who could possibly go to Rennes. Uh, so th- there's almost three questions. There's three. There's three things, and there were three items on on the uh, um, on 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 the agenda. But they're they're all really really interlinked. So like you know, what Edu wants from players is hard work. I think ultimately that's why Leicester won the league, wasn't it? You know, they didn't have the most talented squad. He's right. Talent is is not enough. They're a team, and they work, and they fought for each other, and they won the league. And it's still going to be one of the greatest achievements that ever will be, certainly in Premier League. Unless, unless you go undefeated um, for forty-nine games. <laughs> See, this is the thing, and 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 I'm obviously going to be biased and say that that was better. But he's got a point. Talent is not is not is not. And Manchester United proved that with Pogba and putting Sanchez on ridiculous. But they, you know, if you look at individually, what Manchester United have got. They're a fantastic side, but it's it's not enough because <laughs> their mentality isn't good enough. And, and I think a lot of it, particularly with Arsenal's current squad, mentality is definitely an issue. Otherwise, why is our waveform so poor? So we need to get, get United. And I'm, I'm totally with what Edu's uh, talking about there. I think I think that's a great comment to make. And I really do. What do you think about um, the comment that Unai Emery uh, came along and said about, you know, he wants players who want to play uh, to to play with him, and he went on to say that we need to improve our defensiveness, and he also went on to say that he doesn't realistically see us winning the league. Um, is he being realistic or defeatist? Yep, yep, agree with everything he said. Everything he said. How can you not? You know, he wants players that want to play for the club, don't we all, as fans? You know, if somebody doesn't want to be there, see ya. You know. Yeah. See you later. In terms of are we realistic about where we are? Yeah, of course. Liverpool and Man City, I said it a couple of weeks ago, but they're miles ahead of us, mate. Miles ahead. Our target for this coming season is to be the best of the rest. And, you know, if we can get ahead of Tottenham, fantastic. I still feel that Manchester United and Chelsea have got a will lot be, of work to will, go. Will we be running around I, Tottenham with a willies hanging out if we get a, above them? <laughs> well, I certainly will. <laughs> Hopefully it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, mate. Well, yeah. It's like this, I'll be all right. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, I think he is realistic. And I, and it's isn't it refreshing to hear? How long did we see Arsene Wenger saying, we're going for the title? And you think, really, we're Scalacci at the back? Are you serious? What's going on? This is refreshing to hear. And I, I'm, I've got to say, I'm a huge fan of the manager. You know, I really am since he's come in. A lot of people have given him a bit of stick. And, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about if we have a poor start, would the pressure be on him? I don't really still see that it should be. I don't think we can call it an Unai Emery squad. We can certainly call it an Unai Emery philosophy or, or, or in terms of what he's changed up with our, our kind of pressing off the ball and, and our intensity and stuff. But um, in terms of player quality, I, I, I can't blame him for the likes of Mustafi and Shaka. Um, what I can do is praise him for who he has improved in the side. Um, and and I think Lacazette's one of those. I think that actually Bellerin and Holding before they got injured looked like they mm. were really quite you know first teamers. Um, so I've liked what he's done, uh, and I, I can see the way forward with him um, now. And it's what we needed. We did Tre- need that. You know, Trev, you um, you were talking about um, you were going to touch on the Edu uh, speech. Do you want to uh, make your comments on there and then the Uni bit? Yeah, look, I, I listened intently to what Edu had to say, right? And uh, it, when he came into the club, it, it excites me and it still excites me. But listening to what he said, I thought that it sort of ran parallel with a lot of what the Josh Karonke statement said. Edu touched several times, he said, we can look at players, we can look at players, but we want to work with what we've got here today. We want to work with what we've got here today. So, so that indicates to me that he's sort of going, going along with what Josh Cronkis said about managing expectations. Yeah, Man, yeah. What expectations? Now, Emery is really, uh, you know, I said at the start of last season, you got to give the boy at least two seasons because he's inherited a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work, and I, I think we've progressed, and he's got my full support. But it was you that raised it, Fergus, and I'm, I'm just going to take a step back to the very last game of last season now. What still play, runs around in my head, what plays around in my mind a little bit, and it may even have something to do, I think, with Koscielny playing up, is what went on in the dressing room in Baku, Fergus. You know more about that that's, than me, mate. That's right? private. How much is that? How, yeah, it's private, right? But we said there was a fallout, didn't we? We spoke about there was a fallout. Not, pu- not publicly. Right? Not publicly. <laughs> didn't we? No. Oh, right, okay. No. Right, no. okay. Well, I thought we did. No, we... Well, it's not, pub- it's we, not private we, we anymore. Touched, we touched upon it. Um, <laughs> through through some... Didn't, well, let's put it this way. Didn't we pick, didn't we pick up a rumour that there was a falling out in yeah, the dressing through, room? Through some... Wasn't there a rumour yeah, going around? Yeah, two friends of friends. Uh, well probably closer than that um there was at half time there was a bust up between some major players within the squad and the manager and the manager was quite um reticent in reacting and subsequently d- despite being pointed out to him that we had some weaknesses at the back um by players um we conceded a goal and some of those players were not very happy and weren't very open and welcoming to our head coach. So that's that's the rumour we've heard, right? That's the story mm, we've fact. heard. We don't know if it's definite no, or it's not, fact. right? I'm covering for you here. Okay. All right, then. So, so what really worries me then, now I've put my foot in it, I might as well carry on. <laughs> what really worries me is how much of that has been put to bed now and how much of it might still be hanging over that dressing room? Because if any of that's hanging over that dressing room, that concerns me greatly with the season coming up. Well, there's two major players. You know? that... And then I, when I saw when I saw Koscielny was 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 playing up and wants to be away, I thought, oh, what's going on here? You know, I've always thought highly of Koscielny. I didn't think he had that in him to act in that way. The so, Koscielny thing, I think, yeah. is slightly different. I think that was he was wanted to leave when Wenger left. He got injured, as we said at the semi-final, and there was a nod in the wink saying that he could go on a free. Uh, and be released this season so he could sign a lucrative deal for the last few years. We offered him an extension on his contract. I've since found out that that extension was with a a significant reduction in his wages for that extra year. Um, So he wanted to go, no, bollocks to you, I'm going going back to France. I think there's some other issues with France and stuff like that. Going back to the the, the alleged fact or whatever, uh, those two major players are still there and they're still very key 
uh, players in in um, in our squad. Surely they get on now. This is a one-off, yeah. We're talking about a one-off. Let's hope so, Dan. Let's hope so, mate. Uh, so they weren't they weren't they weren't having a go at each other when we drew to Brighton. They weren't having a go at each other when we lost to Palace at home. They weren't having a go at each other when we couldn't beat Everton and Leicester. I home. didn't hear of any of that. Just, yeah, just see yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, just see yeah, what yeah. I'm saying, though. Well, that's anyway. the other thing as well, isn't it? It's a cup final at the end of the day, isn't it? So, you know, I mean, a lot of tempers probably will flare, a lot of emotions. And, and, f- especially, and especially some fr- from and the for prima us, donna players. Final. It was Champions League football. Exactly. Uh, oh, for the fans, it was even worse, I would have thought, yeah. Um, to be fair, on, on top of that, you can't. So I'm going to stick up for Emery here. You can't blame Emery for that. I think that's down to the players. I, I think it's disrespectful. But we've discussed. Yeah, that I think before. it's disrespectful of the players to challenge a manager in that way, um, and, and and I oh, think the manager just not reacting was the best thing to do to try and keep everything stable. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Isn't it? It's, it could have been made mm. a hell of a lot worse, but you know that's by the by now. Yeah, it's done. Now if things have been sorted, things have been yeah. sorted. So yeah, um, uh, see, see, Dan's just Dan has just got me head spinning again now. Really relevant. What Sorry, Dan Trev. What's the name of that Greek Trev. beer? No, 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 no. Dan, listen, listen, right? I can it, do with it. It's, it's fuck off the lot of you, right? It's, uh, <laughs> we've all go been on, Trev, looking, on, right? We've all been looking for a reason why we had that terrible last few games last season. We've all been, we've all thought about it. Don't tell me we haven't, because I know all of you lads have, because I have, and I've not put my finger on why we had that terrible drop-off in form. It, it was unexplained. But I don't know. Is there more to it than we think? God, I'm not, I'm not going on a downer because it's a new season. I'm full of hope, and you know, and, and we're going to win everything. But it, you know, maybe it's a pointer to why we had that fucking awful finish to the season. You can't just you can't just blame it on that one time though, Trev. You know what I mean? We went out throughout the whole season to all these away games, and we were fucking shocking. And I went to a few last year away games. It was fucking awful. Our away form so was better. To just to put it put your finger on, try and put your finger on one thing. I think is probably virtually impossible. I think it needs to come down to a. Many no, I, I think our away form was better last season than it was the previous season. Obviously, by the results, because we had. We, we only won one game away from home uh, the season before. Yeah, we yeah. won two uh, more games. It's still better, <laughs> statistically. No, 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 no. I before. But when you go into these games, especially go into like Huddersfield, I know, I know we didn't we lose to Huddersfield, but what a fucking struggle that was. And then to, you know, Man, man U away, and, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, all these other ones, Man City, Liverpool, and you're watching this and you think, oh my fuck. I, I think the factor, and without going back over last season, I think one of the big factors of why we had that big tail off towards the end of last season was Aaron Ramsey not being available and possibly Ozil not being up for it as much and head turn. I don't know. There's a few factors, but I would say Ramsey was a big factor on that. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't agree. just put your finger on it yeah. on one thing. Listen, we do have a replacement for Ramsey coming in. Our our Izzy, uh, the replacement for Ramsey, um, Calaberos or Salaberos from Real Madrid, twenty-one year old, uh, coming in on a one-year-long loan with no talk of uh, an option to buy him. I would expect he's expensive. I think he's been just sent out to see if he can gain experience to get back into the uh, Real Madrid side. Is he not the same position as Martinez? Who? Uh, Martinelli, Martinelli, sorry. Martinez. Martinelli. I was going to no, say, no, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, wrote down Martin, <laughs> I wrote down Martinez in, by mistake. But Martinelli, yeah. <laughs> From what I hear... I don't believe he's a winger, is he? I thought he was more of a kind of Aaron Ramsey, Cesc Fabregas type player, like a more of a box-to-box. Um, I haven't seen much of the lad, but what I will say, uh, Zidane obviously rates him. And he, this is a, this is coming from a manager in Zidane who doesn't, who doesn't rate Gareth Bale. So if he'd rather keep Danny uh, Chabeos than, than Gareth Bale, then uh, yeah, that must be a good thing. I, I believe that it's a position we need. Ramsey's obviously gone and Ozil will love him or hate him uh, isn't in in my opinion Emery's long term plans so I think this guy you know Emery's hoping for 
a good kind of season with him and then let's see if we can get him at the end. I think Zidane rates him and wants wants him to stay at Real Madrid, but you never know. It could be a, a, a kind of, um, you know, really good signing for Arsenal. That And I, I hear that we've beaten Spurs, so that's always a, a bonus. And we've done it? the same with Saliba as well, I think. Apparently uh, so, yeah. A Saliba deal is nearly done, but he'll go back to Saint-Étienne again. Um, the Tierney deal seems like we fucked that up. Yeah, it's got its off. I think we it? went up to it's something off. like twenty-eight million, but we but so many clauses oh. and appearances, and if we get Champions League, so we'd give them I don't know ten or fifteen up front, but all the rest, all the add-ons up to twenty-eight, they went no, just give us more money up front. So. What frustrates me is if, if I wanted to buy an Aston Martin DB9, I wouldn't offer him three grand for it. Well, I'd, I'd let you have it. If you put me three grand, I'll give you the rest on terms. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with it, isn't it? You know, you talk about Zaha and Tierney and all this, and you think, well, you know, look, what's, what's, that, what's actually happening here? Like, what, what money have we got? If we haven't got money, don't go for those sort of players and annoy not just the, the clubs, but more importantly, what is the true the price, guys? All, all three of you, what's the true price for for Zaha? Forty million, I would have thought, but pff, obviously that was wrong. Okay, Trev. Oh, that's a bit of a put on the spot. I, I would go less. I would, I would go thirty. Okay. I'm pushing. I'm pushing for current climate. Yeah, I get that, Mike. But I'm just thinking that's. If we, if <laughs> I know we, what if you're we, saying, though. Yeah, it's not. If, it's not an eighty. But he's not, not eighty. 80 I, I I thought in the current climate being. Sorry, Dan. Give your price first before I. I'm going to disagree with you boys and go higher. And the only reason I'm basing this on is Wan-Bissak is fifty and Harry Maguire is eighty. So I'm going to say he's worth sixty. Harry 65. Maguire is not. He is though. Well, apparently, apparently he is. No, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, to you. that's the deal. But that's the deal they're trying to get through into. But he's not in in any of anyone's opinion. He is not. You, an you might think Heinz ketchup is only worth a pound a bottle, but it was. If everyone else is paying one pound fifty. You got to pay one pound fifty. It is a pound. No, Morrison, you I get think. you get my. It's point. a lot more than that here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you're saying with current climates and stuff like that. But I think that is ridiculous money for uh, Harry Maguire. I, I agree. I, I, I think Harry, Harry Maguire is when. Last year, how much was it? Van Dijk 75. last year, seventy-five. Yeah, there you so go. So the players have gone up. It's ridiculous. That. As it happens, Absolutely don't ridiculous. don't Man United want about seventy odd million for Lukaku? There yeah, you go. Well, there you go it, so Saha must be about two hundred million. Then yeah, I stand yeah. corrected. <laughs> I, yeah, See what I mean? Yeah, this is the problem. I weren't I weren't mucking around there. I'm sitting there thinking, do you know what? These boys are going low here. Yeah. Thirty million, forty million. Wow, that would not get. I mean, Everton Suarez we're supposed to be getting for thirty-six. And he's got no, he's got no Premier League him. experience whatsoever. He probably exactly. doesn't even speak English, and that's not been uh, like you know. He's got Copper America. Experience. Yeah, but that's fucking South America, mate. <laughs> you know, uh, Zaha. I don't agree with eighty million. I think he's sixty to seventy million, and I think that's ridiculous. I think the prices are ridiculous at the minute. But he is twenty six. Is he? Um, twenty six, twenty seven years of age. He's proven Premier League. Um, uh, player, he he can worry defenses. He's the only one who scores goals for Palace. Yeah, uh, and I'm not. Does he? he? Does he see? Have you, uh, uh, you have you seen your stats that you? Were yeah, the stats about? actually compared to Walcott. I haven't found them. Good point. Can, Good can, point. Can, can you pop them up on the in the chat? Have you got them? Because I'm going back through our chat group on here, which I was trying to do while you guys were talking, and there's so much shit from Max and Manny <laughs> using that word. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of that word. Oh, fine, I've got. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah, go on. If, if you want, yeah, go on. you want me to read them out? So Zaha career stats, okay? He's played 346 games. He's scored 55 goals and he's assisted 43. Theo Walcott, Arsenal stats, 388 games. So he's played 40-odd more games. Scored 106 goals, which is double what Zaha scored, and 57 assists. Now, let me just quickly comment on this before you boys do. Theo Walcott was setting up Robin Van Persie, Giroud... Uh, Ozil uh, scoring Roth Ozil's goals Sanchez Zaha was working with Connor Wickham Christian Benteke Bat Shwai for a season 
Uh, who else have we got? Andros Townsend, James McArthur. And a very defensive side at that because they, w- they would have been trying to stop the goals going in rather than and, and nicking one. We could argue that, can't we? Because Robin Van Persie had one good season uh, and then fucked off. Then we had Giroud, who nobody really rated. Uh, there's only a few people that do rate him. Uh, who else was he again? Sorry. Sanchez, who spat his dummy out every game. But he was amazing he for us. More times than he passed. Was yes. He? I'm not talking about their. I'm not talking about their attitude, though, Scunny. Oh no, I'm just saying. Yeah, but even still, it it didn't. It didn't get over twenty goals a game, though. uh, Twenty goals a year, though, did he, Sanchez? Oh, I don't know. I think he was close to it. Yeah, he's probably close to it, but I don't think he got over twenty. Between fifteen and twenty, I'd like to look with. But a Walcott wouldn't have set all of them up. So when you look at it this way, when you look at it in that in hindsight, in that way as well, yeah, fair enough. Zaha's got a few. Yeah, he's had a bit of a harder time for it, but Walcott didn't have the greatest start to his career. He was very run. You know what I mean? People never rated him. He was always quick off the ground. His crossing, when he first started, was shocking. Mike, uh, he still can't cross. He still can't cross. But, But Mike, would you not think Zaha alongside Lacazette and Aubameyang would be better than Zaha alongside uh, uh, Benteke and who else is it down there? Oh, of course, yeah. I'm, and I'm I think not that's denying the... that. Oh, but but you was you was you you know what I mean. You got onto stats and stuff, so that's why I said, "Oh, have you checked the stats with Theo Walcott?" So it, oh, I'm just trying no, to put no, it in I, that way and in I that did sense. Want... But even still, but would you class him then over his stats and even with the players that he's played with? Would you still class him as an eighty million in this day and market? He's 60, 60 to seventy million. Yes. So if Zaha comes in and plays alongside Lacazette. You play on the wing and Aubameyang. Are we going to score? Are we going to score over hundred goals in the season? No. Right, because w- to win every game two one, we still have to score over hundred goals in the season because we but let we, fifty odd in last season. Uh, I, I was going to say we won't win two one. We'll end up losing three <laughs> two. This this is this is coming into mind as well that we apparently have the best assisting assisted player or the best player who can do more assists than anybody Which, else in the world and we've had him for four see four to five seasons now and he's really proven and, his and work. he did initially and I'm not a fan um, he did initially uh, and I did ask the question on the very first of this three week pre season thing um, I did ask the question is Zaha the man to unlock Ozil okay. No. Ozil's the only person who can unlock no. Ozil. We've said this before, and he's you, never going to do that. You've said he? that, even with that fucking you, you, beacon on his head. You, you've said that before. You've said that before. <laughs> that, uh, and I was proven right. Well, no, Zaha has not been there, so you haven't been proven. Oh no, I, was on the, I thought he was on no, the no, right, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that it, it, could he? Because when he was playing with Benzema at uh, Real Madrid, he had that fast wing uh, player, and he, he was able to release the ball to him. Benzema would go and score or pass on to Bale or whatever, and 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 just created. He ended up being the biggest assists. His stats on assists and everything else are fantastic. Do you know why? Mustafi, no, Mustafi, bloody Mertesacker stats are passing we, massive. We touched, we, we, we touched, we've on, touched stats on this, though, haven't we? We have. Yeah, we've touched Ozil, on Ozil's it. assist record was fantastic because he was playing with one of the best. You have not mentioned him. You've talked about Benzema, you've talked about Bale, you've talked about other players. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo was the person banging those goals in. You don't get an assist unless the striker scores, yeah. mate. But then, again, but then to go back on your stats with uh, Walcott and Zaha... Uh, Ozil couldn't make Giroud score and bring his stats up. So, what does that tell you about Walcott and Zaha then? Hmm. I mean, Walcott for me as well. You've got to remember, is he 30 now? Theo Walcott, Zaha's only 26. So, he's got four years on him here. So, he's obviously going to be ahead of him, isn't he? We didn't, we didn't bring uh, that into uh, yeah, so, so, uh, <laughs> Walcott was, what, ten, just over 10 years with us. Listen. Exactly. He's still in at 16 and, we, and he went at 28. We, so, he's had we could a lot go of on. And on we, you know what I, I just I, like arguing. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> we get that, Scunny. We get that. Keep, keep asking the questions. Well, we've, we've spoken for an hour, and I still can't see bias need. Can't get bias need in the centre off. Sorry, boys. No, I'm, I'm the same, Trev. <laughs> I'm the same yeah. as well, mate. If we're going to spend sixty or seventy, let's get a centre off in, yeah. Boys, <laughs> as always, it's uh, fantastic to have you on. Uh, I really enjoy it, and uh, I always try and stick to this hour. 
magic hour sort of thing because it's it's I know what it's like when I listen to some podcasts uh, when I'm in the car. The hour is like the maximum sort of thing. So this could have gone on and on and on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say I was just about to say. I just wanted to go over the hour mark with you because you put on the uh, little match chart that we have here. It's like we've got uh, seven minutes to close, not going over, and that was a I just wanted to go over. You fucker. It. Yeah, boys. <laughs> boys, keep him going for another 45 seconds. We'll get him up to an hour and five minutes. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Right. We're, we're, just talk about Carl Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk about Carl, Carl Jenkinson and you'll get him on here for another 20 oh, minutes. Jenkinson. I swear he's related to him. I bet he's sat there now with his tongue out, I tell you. I'm not. I'm sitting here just with my hands on my, on my chin, thinking, "You cheeky." Yeah, I can't use that word. Hands under <laughs> <on my> chin. <laughs> hands under yeah. your chin, drooling away. Oh, Jenko, yeah. I love you. Do you know if we get Zaha Fergus, he might be going. You know, Jenko. Yeah, I think he he, might be I think going. he probably is going. I I I know he's waiting. He he will go to a club that law from thirty five grand a week. Oh, there you go. My. Worth every penny, any Fergus. Worth every uh, penny. Uh, he's an England international boy. I like the lad. Listen, you know, you've had your fucking five minutes. You have been listening. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans, and three fuckers who just try and wind people up. Listen, boys, up the arse. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too. 